Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, and today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to be talking about surviving the holidays, and we know that a lot of our listeners are in that post-show um, situation. We had NPC Nationals last weekend. The weekend before that, we had personally had our team show, but also there was NPC Universe in Charleston. And so I think with all these shows getting pushed back that, of course, this is 2020. Uh, we're definitely living in a different mm-hmm. world this year. Um we kind of want to drop kick 2020 in the face, but, um, <laughs> so anyway, all of us are kind of in that same boat where we're, you know, in that post-show experience where we're kind of set up and primed for a little bit of a disaster coming into the holidays. So we wanted to give you some tips today to navigate those post-show feels and try to mitigate as many Uh, you know, overeating and binge situations, because let's be honest, when you are post-show, you are not anabolic. Your body is primed to gain fat and at a rapid rate. Um, Your body wants homeostasis. It wants to be level. And when your body fat is so low, it stops, it regulates that by uh, decreasing your satiety hormone which is released by fat cells, that's your leptin. And then it's going to increase your ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone. So you are set up hormonally for a a storm um, to fight against. And aside from that, your your body doesn't want to put on muscle. Uh, It's a metabolic tissue. So it takes work for muscle to, you know, build or stay on. So the last thing it wants to do when it's this low of body fat, it's just trying to survive. So it's not going to be trying to build mm-hmm. muscle. It's going to be trying to put on fat. So we want to help you out, give you some tips on how you can kind of fight those um, thrown off hunger signals and try to navigate through this successfully um, with Thanksgiving coming up and Christmas and New Year's. So do you have anything to add on that, Chris? Uh, no, I think you said everything really well. I definitely think that um, it's important for people to, one, know it's normal for you to feel hungry. Um, I have had some clients who are like, my calories are higher. I don't understand why my appetite is so strong. So I think understanding what's happening to your body uh, is the first step in kind of like recognizing when you're having cravings and when, you know, you're getting these hunger hormones that don't necessarily make you they seem like they don't make sense but like you said this is an extreme sport so we take our body to an extreme level and our body is made to survive so um i think it's really important to have a strategy in the improvement season so i'm glad that we're doing this especially with the holidays approaching yeah absolutely so we have a list of tips on how to just be more connected uh with your food and your relationship and These are some things over the years that I've just really had to work on personally as well, just to be more connected with my food and to mitigate those, you know, binge situations where um, I may have not had like the best relationship with food in the past. And 
uh, I think it's really relevant to you for people that are in that like six to eight weeks post show where we're really food focused and um, we're really hungry. Uh, and so do you want to start with number one, Chris? With these Sure. Things? Okay. Um, yeah. Number one is avoid waiting until you're ravenous to eat. So I think for a lot of us, we know that this big Thanksgiving meal is coming uh, later in the day. So we want to save all of our calories so that we can eat all of those delicious foods at that meal. But um, it really sets you up for uh, a, a, a situation where you just may feel out of control. So I always suggest that you make sure that you have a good, well-balanced breakfast and that you are having meals, you know, throughout the day, preferably every two to three hours. Um, that way your body is still getting sustenance. You know, your metabolism is working and you are leading into your celebratory meal or your family dinner, having not going in there super starving and then that way it will help you slow down and enjoy your food which are some of the tips that we'll go over a little bit later but really walking into it not feeling starving and not banking all your calories towards the end of the day is a great strategy in avoiding a binging or overeating type of situation yeah and there's going to be several different kinds of competitors and hopefully you've been able to talk with your coach about a strategy that's going to work best for you for what season you're in. So, you know, if you just come off a show, then that meal is going to be calculated most likely. It's going to be typically what we would call like a refeed meal where you get um, mm -hmm. a certain number of extra macronutrients and protein, carbs, and fats. And I always recommend that athletes use that as their last meal of the day so that they are avoiding going into that meal in a ravenous type of situation. Um, that's going to help yeah. them post-show the best. And now you might be one of those competitors that just gets like a calorie spike. Um, again, you're, you're going to be best set up for, at least in my opinion, to put that at the end of the day as well. Because uh, some of us, if you're like me, <laughs> um, whenever <laughs> I have like a a refeed as my breakfast and then it kind of spirals down the rest of the day or yes. um, even lunch. Uh, I just, some, I used to have this mentality where I was like, Oh, okay, well I did that. So I might as well do this too. Um, kind of that last supper mm -hmm. mentality. Um, so, you know, if you're able to, with your family situation, you know, have your Thanksgiving celebration meal at dinner, um, and then it might be untracked as well. And I still think that those same rules apply. Don't macro bank like Chris was saying and, um, you know, time out your meals so that you're very satiated by the time you go into that meal and approach it. So number two yeah. is just ask yourself if you're hungry enough to eat a nutrient dense snack. Um, if the answer is yes, then go ahead and, you know, have that food. And if you're in that situation where you're just like, really, you just want like a cookie or something that's um, like an obesogenic food. So it's highly palatable, high in carbohydrates, high in fat. The odds are likely that there could be something else 
So um, if you're not actually hungry for a nutrient-dense snack, but you're hungry for that cookie, then maybe it's really not your hunger. It might be that you're like bored, anxious, more tired, or you just are craving sugar because these food companies are super smart with how they um, set up these these foods with high fat yeah. and high sugar. Um, it makes it very addictive. So um, just be kind of aware of that. Kind of assess your situation. Am I truly hungry? Um, and it, then if you mm -hmm. are, you know, honor that hunger and go ahead and have a satisfying snack that maybe has some fiber in it and a little bit more nutrients than that cookie. Any thoughts yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, no, and usually you can get more volume too, which a lot of us, for I would say majority of people, like to feel like they're eating and we like to feel like we're eating a lot. And so if you're choosing something that's more nutrient dense, chances are you're able to have more volume than if you were going to have something that was prepackaged or uh, just more calorie dense. Mm -hmm. Okay, number three is drink fluids before you eat. So as like I said earlier, making sure that you are having food throughout the day, you also want to make sure you're hydrated throughout the day as well, because a lot of our cravings or hunger cues can come from a place where our body is actually really just dehydrated. So making sure that you have, you know, uh, lots of, <laughs> okay, everyone <laughs> can make fun of how I'm going to say it. <laughs> making sure, yeah, you want to have a lot of clear fluid. No, you want to have a lot of water. Uh, making sure that you're hydrated throughout the day will um, help you also feel a little bit more full when you're sitting down to have that uh, the Thanksgiving dinner. And also, um, I know, Amy, you drink water. You have, like, a giant cup of water when you sit down and eat as well, too. So not just before you're sitting down to eat, but also I think drinking fluids throughout your meal is a really good idea as well, too. And by fluids, I mean water, um, <laughs> you know, things with no calories. Yeah, so I think that's a good point uh, in terms of I try to get, like, at least a gallon in by noon um, if I'm – if I know I'm going to be out and about like at a, a social gathering where sometimes they don't even have water really offered, um, to be quite honest, you know, it's like oh my gosh. pop or like <laughs> alcohol or whatever. So, um, yeah, sometimes I'll bring my own like cans of, um, sparkling water just to have something I've done in that. hand and walk around. But yeah, um, I'm kind of like particular about my, my fluids. So I, I sometimes have to, bring my own beverage <laughs> to a party. You're um, very good at that though. You're yeah. very good at making sure that you're constantly drinking and hydrated. I noticed that about you. So that's definitely, I think is a habit for some people that they have to create. Um, but I think like keeping on top of it and like the more you do it, the easier it becomes like second nature. Yeah. My calves will tell me if I haven't stayed hydrated. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so number four connect more with your food. And when I think about this, I just, I think about cooking your food. And I think there was a study that was done that it proved that the, there was like the same type of food. So one was like packaged or the store bought or whatever. Maybe it was like a pie. Um, let's say for example, they bought a pumpkin pie at the store versus making it with their hands. Um, the people that actually made the food were less likely to overindulge because they knew exactly what was going into that. 
um, and the ingredients. So I think it's important to you um, when this tip says connect with your food. I, what we mean by that is just making sure that you are aware of like where that food is coming from um, because you're going to be more mindful when you're actually eating that food. Yes, I love that a lot. Um, and this kind of goes into the next one of appreciate those first few bites. So a lot of times um, our taste buds actually become less sensitive to the flavors of food the more that we continue to eat. So making sure that you're really slowing down and chewing your food and enjoying the taste of everything right from the get-go um, can help you enjoy that meal um, and then also kind of, you know, it, it's more satisfying when you're getting, the, when you're really tasting the things that you're consuming. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple, just slowing down, making sure you're chewing. Um, and that will also like slow down how quickly you're consuming your food as well, too, which can help mitigate the, you know, the, the situation of overeating as well. Yeah, the digestion process starts with the uh, actually smelling the food and then chewing it is the next step. And so when you're breaking it down, you're giving your body more time to signal that you're full. So if you eat rapidly, it's going to be really easy to overeat because you're not giving yourself that 20-minute window that it takes for your body to register that you're actually full. And we can't go without saying... Um, one of your tricks that you use to kind of like make your bites smaller. <laughs> Not to call you out, but I, just, uh, I thought it was so oh. cute this weekend when we saw your little baby spoon. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I think that I have the small, smallest baby. Maybe the only thing smaller than the spoon is like a Barbie spoon. Um, <laughs> That's but a good, good I, comparison. Yeah, it's super small, but it's like what I need. Like I, I don't even have the option to like take a bigger bite because not more won't fit on the spoon. Yeah, you can't. Um, And I get made fun of all the time, but I've totally learned to embrace it because I have this like amazing spoon that they were actually saying at the show that I stole this spoon from like a Victorian baby because it's like super fancy and really small. (laughs) And honestly, I don't know where it came from, but um, it's been a tool that's actually helped me slow down because I'm one that like, I need to get things done. I need to get them like done right away and slowing down to enjoy my food. has always been like a little bit of a struggle. So yeah, I'm, the same. I'm on team tiny spoon. I'm on team tiny. Spoon. Yes. I use a teaspoon yeah. to eat. I just do it. It's, it slows me down. Anything I can do to slow myself down, um, the less likely I will be to overeat. And so, um, yeah. number six is engaging your senses. So making sure that your foods have visual appeal and, I shout out to my husband. Um, it seems like I feel like every last couple of Thanksgivings, you know, I've been like prepping for a show or whatever, and he'll make my prep food look spectacular. (laughs) He'll like squirt mustard. Like it's like a fancy plate, you know, like you would see like a chef putting like a sauce, like spread around it. And yeah, he's a master and he does, he makes like it tastes really good too. Um, so like smells, visual appeal, all of that is really important. Um, don't be like me, how I used to be with the Ziploc bag lady. Um, you don't (laughs) want to be eating cold food out of a Ziploc, not sitting down, like eating it on the run. I mean, 
that just set me up for some really, really bad behaviors uh, with eating. So yeah. I've since worked through that, but this is one of the things that, um, that's really important to me is making my, um, you know, my food actually look like a masterpiece before I even, so it's visually appealing to my eyes before I even take a bite. And I feel like that could make you, I'm sure it makes you feel super special because you have like this, like plate that no one else has. And that's why I tell people is like your prep food or prep life does not have to be plastic containers, cold food, really boring. Like, okay, there are some exceptions when you're getting super close to a show. You may have to be very particular, but for the majority of the time, simple things like hot food, if you can, if you can do that and making it like a presentation, like you're allowed to have special meals too. And it will actually, in people who struggle with food and be when they're looking at someone else's plate, like you can feel like you have something special and unique with, you know, your healthy food, but presented in a very appealing type of way. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, um, I think to be, to have longevity in the sport that has to be done, you know, I mean, you're not, gonna, yeah, that's a good point. It's not going to be a sustainable thing if you just are rushing through these foods. So, all right. Number exactly. seven. Good point. Turn. Yeah. Number seven is clear distractions. So not having a phone or a TV, a lot of electronics, um, I know, Amy, this is a big role at your house about not having electronics at the table, which I really like because I feel like that helps facilitate conversation. But also there's a, a lot of times as well where like this is a pattern that you can develop on your own, you know, like throughout the day I am by myself. And so making sure that I'm actually stopping to eat and not looking at like, YouTube or scrolling through Instagram or actually like being present in the moment with my food or my biggest uh, like struggle is trying to not work through my meal. And um, Amy, you actually gave me the idea of like, it's okay to actually plan out and schedule your eating times. Like you don't have to multitask during your meals. So I will literally have to put in my calendar where my call schedule is block out times where I am eating and that's the only thing that I'm doing so I can focus on my food. Yeah. It's funny that you say that about, Were you gonna say uh, something? well, about the electronics because ironically this morning, my daughter, um, I don't know, it's, it's a hard and fast rule in my house. So I didn't even have to say anything. I just had to give her a little look, but she was like walking <laughs> over with her phone to like show me something. And I just stared at her. She just like walked back and put it on the counter <laughs> because she just knows better. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. number eight is balance your plate, and this one's super important. And just with the holidays, you're gonna not have ready, uh, readily available protein. You're gonna have tons of options when it comes to sugar, carbohydrates, things like that. So um, prioritize your vegetables and your protein, and have those first would be my suggestion, and then maybe come back after you've eaten those so that you fill up on those fibrous um, veggies and then also the protein is going to be super satisfying. And then from there, pick and choose like your healthy fats or your carbohydrates um, wisely. And just, you know, I think, I think that would be a good way to approach the meal in order 
Um, mm-hmm. And then if, you know, if you have room in your macros for dessert, then I would probably wait for last. So you've given yourself like that 20 minutes to see like, okay, am I really full for dessert? Like, what is it mm-hmm. I really want? And, you know, make that fit. Yeah, I think that's really great. How I, Knowing how to formulate your plate, I think, helps as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and number nine is take out take timeouts as you eat. So a lot of us are trying to, you know, we're used to being in a fast-paced society. So we're used to sitting down to a meal, eating it very quickly. And when you are, a lot of times when you're at a Thanksgiving situation or you're at a holiday party it's revolved around eating and it's eating for a long amount of time so if you finish your plate then it becomes like a willpower thing where you're watching everybody eat take seconds and plates getting you know passed in front of you and it could be uncomfortable so I just suggest or number nine you know we suggest taking time to um, like put your fork down while you're eating or take a drink of water you know, like we talked about slowing down and chewing your food, engaging in conversation, like make it an experience rather than just trying to consume this food so quickly. And again, this is another reason why approaching the meal, not starving can help you facilitate these habits and then also help you enjoy uh, the holidays with your family, but also having your goals in mind as well. Yeah. And the, the fork thing brings up another point there's something key to that is that you should be sitting down and having utensils a lot of times. And I know my family's like this, but I'll just kind of go up by a buffet and just kind of like gravitate there and, um, have conversation and a lot of snacking and grazing and like mindless eating occurs. So I think just like being aware enough to sit down, have something on a plate and then, you know, set down your fork, take a drink of water things like that. And so number 10 is assess your fullness post meal. So I think that, again, it kind of goes back to that order of food. Um, I think that if you are still hungry, um, you need to give yourself a little bit of time. You should have already done these things like um, drink water, had protein, vegetables, fibrous things. And give yourself at least 20 minutes and kind of let it settle in. For me, what I'll do is I'll have like a decaf coffee after my meal and just kind of like feel where my body's at and make sure that I'm actually still truly hungry um, and then kind Mm -hmm. of reassess like if I need to go up and get seconds. Any thoughts there? No, I think that's really good. I think it's, I think be aware that if you are in a, you know, within this six to eight week post-show window that it's going to be hard to navigate this one a little bit because your body may give you different cues, but yeah. So like, just, you know, take it in stride. I think that's a great example, Amy, of like, you know, filling up on some more liquids, giving yourself a little bit of time. Don't just like dive right into the, you know, the second meal, let your body digest a little bit and then kind of assess from there. Yeah. All right, number 11. Um, yes, number 11 is manage your stress. So a lot of us eat in a response to being overstimulated or stressed out, and the holidays can bring a lot of this in the forefront. So I think making sure that you are taking care of managing your stress can also help you with uh, navigating your 
food intake. So looking at other ways to manage stress, because realistically look at it, you know, you're stressed out, you eat some cookies, that doesn't take away your stress. It gives you an initial feeling of comfort, but then, you know, other feelings can follow that, especially if you're, you know, coming out of the contest prep, there can be guilt. Um, So I think like looking at other ways that you can manage stress, stress is a really good way to approach it. So I know we've talked about utilizing uh, deep breathing. We've talked about going for a walk. Um, Just being outside or moving your body can actually help mitigate a lot of, I honestly, I've noticed this recently that I feel more stressed out on the days that I'm not in the gym lifting. So on my rest days, I have to make a point to at least go for a walk or do some type of movement um, because that activity really helps me deal with a lot of those stressors. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Releases. The so anything you wanted to add there? Uh, no, I'm just going to move on to the last one, which is avoid the last supper effect. And this one comes from extreme food restriction, not having flexibility in your diet, putting foods off limits, having black and white thinking and not thinking in the gray. You need to give yourself permission to allow yourself to make choices that are going to fuel your body properly and give you good energy. Mm -hmm. And that's what it comes down to. I think that if we stop trying to label foods good or bad, um, what gives me the best energy? How am I going to take care of myself and honor my body? And I mean, for some people, you know, like for me, I try to avoid dairy and gluten because it's not great for my thyroid. It makes me Mm. feel unhealthy um, in that regard. It doesn't give me good energy. But for other people, those are just, you know, those are fine. Those aren't off limits. But I know that I'm making that choice because it's going to make me feel better if I don't choose that or if I have like a different type. Do you have any examples of this last supper mentality and how to navigate that? Um, Well, I think the saying that you've used several times is the food will always be there has also helped uh, reframe my mindset. And I've used it with a lot of my clients as well, too. It's because I think we when we haven't eaten like certain foods for a long time and then they're presented to us, it's like this almost forbidden, like, oh, my gosh, now I can have these things. Um, They've always been there. And they will continue to be there. So you don't have to consume all of the things in that one day. Um, And even if you think, like, this is a special holiday, like, dish that I never get, I only get one time a year, have a serving of it. And then if you want to be able to have it another time, take one more, like, serving and take it home and freeze it or eat it at another time. Like, I think you have a good... uh, analogy or a good representation of there's no good or bad foods foods not going anywhere um so i think just looking at some of these other things as proactive ways to enjoy the holiday rather than thinking about all the things you can't have um or need to steer away from i think that is good as well too because you're actively doing something versus trying to restrict yourself away does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah and i i think it comes back to, you know, if there are so many restrictions, it becomes this black and white. And I think sometimes yeah, uh, people will try to, like, 
overcorrect. Like they're like, oh, okay, I got to do more cardio to like yeah up for this extra food that I ate. But talk with your coach. I mean, I've had a couple people that I've already recalibrated their reverse because they're not being successful with, you know, the, you know, 200 calorie increase. Um, they're mm-hmm. just, they're not finding success. And so I would much rather a client be eating 18, 1900 calories versus like, you know, 3000 calories plus in a binge yeah. where they're eating like a whole jar of peanut butter or something like that. So be honest with your coach. Like, hopefully if they're a good person and they care about you, then they're going to try to adjust things so that you're more successful. Even if it means that you're in a surplus, if that keeps you at like a higher baseline and it keeps you from binging, I think that that can be really valuable. So, you know, I think it's important if things do happen that you give yourself grace and that you understand that you are not alone there are a lot of people mm-hmm. that go through this, pretty much everyone in a contest prep, unless, yep. you know, they were, I mean, even if they were dieting on like 2000 calories, like there's still a little bit that's like, you know, this is a change and your body right. has been, you've been fighting it um, out of homeostasis. You've been trying to build muscle and lose fat, which your body does not want <laughs> um, to survive. Yeah. So just keep in mind that this is all normal. It's part of the process, but that it's important to stay accountable to your coach, check in, tell them where you're struggling. And then, you know, I mean, Chris and I just had a conversation today. She's eight weeks post-show. I don't mind. I know if you mind mm-hmm. sharing this, but we no, go ahead. you know, talking about how, um, like with the tracking throughout the day, um, or, th- or throughout the week that, um, you know, on the weekends, you kind of like were at the point where you were like burnt out. And so we, we try to like yeah. troubleshoot through maybe what's the best fit so that I'm your coach and I'm collecting data. So I'm kind of seeing, mm-hmm. you know, the trends and, um, we're actually switching from an untracked meal to like a calorie spike so that I can still mm-hmm. kind of judge how many calories on average she's having throughout the seven days. So I know how her body is reacting, but that it's still kind of, I mean, you can speak on this, but it kind of gives you that freedom to still make some like choices um, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's time for a little bit of a shift. So I'm looking forward to it. I think the biggest thing is like people don't realize like how hungry you can be in a, in an improvement season right off of stage and it can feel like the diet is continuing. Um, and that's, it's a real struggle. It's really hard, especially when you're a person who needs like a show day or a goal right in front of you. And it's not right there. Um, like I said, Amy said the most important thing that I think people should take away is just be gracious with yourself. Realize that this is something that everybody goes through. Um, and one more thing that I think is worth mentioning is a lot of times if you, you know, it's your first show or maybe it's your 10th show, you have family members that may not be involved in the competitive world that are going to want to feed you. And I think this is a big, one of the biggest struggles as well, too, is because you're not only fighting your internal cues to eat more, but now you're also having a loved one that's trying to give you like your favorite dessert or they're trying to give you like they want to take you out to dinner and they want to celebrate you. And um The biggest thing that I tell people is, you know, if someone's making you something, 
say thank you and take it and, you know, go home, portion it up, put it in your freezer. It's a lot harder to just like start snacking on stuff if it's frozen. Um, and, you know, if you want to like celebrate with people or you want to have a meal where people start giving you a hard time because you're choosing, you know, lean proteins and veggies and like realize that you are choosing a lifestyle that is, is an extreme. It's not for everybody. And there's nothing okay with eating the way that you're eating. You know, people have different ideas, but I think being confident in your choices and then staying plugged in with community of other people who are going through similar things will help you not feel so alone and help you navigate the holidays as well too. So um, that's really the only other thing I wanted to add. Yeah. And I know this is kind of piggybacking and I hope I'm not being redundant, but I know that another feeling that can happen post-show is that people will just eat things just to eat them because they haven't been able to. And I just, yeah, you should really take time to like plan out those items that you really want. And if you taste it, um, because a lot of times you'll, your palate has changed and then you take a bite of it and you're like, Oh, that is, well, that wasn't really as rewarding or that didn't really taste as good. So you need to really love it and like really enjoy it. And if you don't, um, if you have a dog, no, <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> my dog eats really well sometimes, um, especially like jars of peanut butter that are like halfway done. I'm like, here's a treat. Um, so yeah. like, if it's like the end of the peanut butter that I would probably like out I'm going on a rant now, but anyway, um, <laughs> give it to like, I don't know, give it to your kids. Like if they want it or, you know, it's not, I think people have some guilt about like the clean plate club and things like that. Like there's, it's okay to have leftovers. It's okay to freeze something. It's okay to give something away. Like you don't have to eat it just because now you're allowed quote unquote, like just because the chains are off, like you're a responsible adult that can make decisions. Like, do I want to have this really bad? Like, is this something that I want? Is, will this honor my body? And so, I don't know. That's what I have there. Um, I know we've gone over on time. So I just appreciate our listeners so much. I hope that all of you have a safe and happy Thanksgiving this week. And you can find us on Instagram at Prep Life Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini. And we do have a few spots open for some of our coaches. And we are looking for those unicorn athletes that are hardworking, amazing individuals. So if you'd like to apply for the team, go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the get started button. And we'd be glad to set up a phone consultation with you to see if it's the right fit. So this is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris McColl, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.